The World Show with Nikki B. Yes, I'm Nikki B. And right now I'm joined by a sister who I'm so excited is back in the studio with me. It's been a long time since she was on The World Show, but it doesn't mean that we haven't been connecting since that time. And also I've been trying to get her on the show, but a mixture of just life. And finally I've got her here and I'm so excited. Welcome to The World Show, Msaki. Thank you, sis Nikki. I'm so happy to be here finally. Yes. And I'm so thank you for squeezing in the time because I know every time I like open my phone there's Msaki's here she's doing that she's collaborating there wow thank you for making the time to Ma'am, come yes yeah, I, well, I call you the Rolls Royce of interviews ah oh, blessings you get to actually get into the stuff that you know makes us tick so yes but I've and my mind's been ticking I've been listening I've had your, your album in the car the whole week I've been driving here there and I keep thinking of everything oh but what about this what about this and I want to start by actually going back to Zanelisa because that was the last time you, you you gave us an offering and I wanted to know you know did you ever imagine the the response that that album got it's difficult to track it because it was you know it was an album that I released as a complete like underground independent artist you know we shot one video in East London for Infama Zebon which was my single yes that put you know that first got me on radio first, yes. first time people um, on a national scale started hearing about you know me and my story and um in fact, you know, parallel to that was Moby Dixon releasing Love Color Spin. So that was starting to do the rounds in the DJ world. Yes. Um, but it, it was all just so bubbling under and, and literally needing me to go from town to town with a guitar and some CDs in the boot and, yes. and kind of spread the gospel the old fashioned way. Yes. You know, so I didn't really feel, you know, I felt like I was gaining pockets full of of this like bespoke audience that really connected with the music but I never felt like Zanelisa had a chance to make a, a mark on a sort of national scale just because we're, we were t- I was learning how to do it how to release my own music and how to promote you know we shot a video for Mbama Ziabona all of my my friends that volunteered to shoot the video these directors um, yes. in, in East London were all like in each other's shots it was like the, the worst <laughs> thing and I sent it to Tidus of Monahang to edit and he was like friend I can't help you with this video <laughs> There's too many photographers. Four people all shooting each other. Yeah, so, you know, it was a a big lesson, but it was also just like, man, it's beautiful when the music just travels. No no huge paid promotions, no marketing strategies, no record labels, just like taking the music to the people. And I think I have those people for, you know, for this journey. I might lose some of them here and there when I do a gom track and they're confused or whatever. But it's like, that's such a healthy base from which to work from. I feel very blessed. Absolutely. And and I mean, in a sense, I understand what you're saying. Besides the fact that it was independent pushing. And in fact, I even remember you being in Europe when I was in Paris. Yeah. We try to connect and yeah, one, yeah, yeah. one thing led to another. Yeah. But even then you were going to Europe. You were trying to push really on yeah. the ground. On the ground. Yes, yes. Can Community by community, trying to connect with like you know, yes. um, independent musicians, independent venues, and 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 honestly, you know, I use this word independence and in, with a lot of trepidation because it's kind of just freedom to associate creatively without a big building or a bottom line or an ethos of another company that may or may not care about your music. Yes. Um, determining that you know so it's 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 a beautiful journey because you get to really connect with like-minded people and you need to know why it is that you you're there why why would i why must i go to gutenberg and play yes who wants to hear me there yes yeah yes but how was that experience anyway taking that album and that sound to europe 
Man, I still have a lot of scars from that, <laughs> but it was such a an important time just yes. to understand how you know music travels in like in the most organic way that you can offer it. But why scars? You know, it's just because like you the the. the, the you need a team and I had a team a little bit of a team that I had been growing but you know just to move around with a band and to move around and try and go from this place to that place it's a lot of work and I, I had just been taking that strain within my within my stride so I literally have a scar like I yes. ended up falling ill at the end of my tour in Berlin yes. didn't make it to the last stop in Sweden and had you know I had to have like a, an emergency operation and we dissolved the tour so it, it ended in a way that wasn't great because I just was so exhausted yes um, but then I rested in, in Berlin and I wrote and I got my in fact I wrote I started writing what I think is tomorrow silver in that time yes you know where I just had to I kind of reached my emotional and kind of physical end and I've been away from home for two months and it was a tough time but the, the tour was amazing the music was well received the music is always what carries us yes the background stuff is always hard but that was a great learning curve for me to see that like I have an I have an audience you know anywhere in the world but I think it's important also you have an audience on one hand and I think that is so vital but it's not going to be vital if you're not well so it's also to realize I suppose one's own limitations and 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 i think what you're saying is so important because people think wow look at him psyche she's doing so well but they don't realize that you're doing the job of not only that you're still trying to be creative and be the artist during this time of doing the hustle really yourself that's that's the point nikki that like the self-preservation and understanding when you need to delegate and that was the beginning of that lesson for me i've learned it well now i've got a really great team that's growing in the things that they love yes and i'm also I've noticed now you've built your team in different aspects of your experience because you are, Msaki, you are multifaceted. I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) Every day, every day, it's just about letting go and letting people that really love, you know, that place where they're meeting you. So coming alongside the the dream that I have, but also coming alongside with the passion that they have so that everybody wants to wake up in the morning and work. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, on that note, while I was talking about that and your multifacetedness, you've just been doing a residency at Narox. Tell us a bit about that, what you were doing there. So that that was amazing. Um, we unfortunately had to postpone it to the thirty first. The the the, um, the exhibition is now on the is it the thirtieth or the thirty first of Jan? But it's a Saturday, yes. the, the last Saturday of January. And man, I just had these two incredible months where I could go back to the visuals that inform the sound. And for me, some songs come as pictures first. And so some of these pictures are years old because you know they precede the songs. And because I um you know have some people call it synesthesia some people call it but it's a different way like it's not a a lot of people have it actually where sonics are accompanied by a lot of meaning and a lot of like um there's just so many layers to unpack and the visual space is one one way where i can actually build that world and i struggle with like a lot of um traditional ways of sharing I'm looking for a more holistic way to share. So installations were a big place to start for me where I yes. could build a visual world, insert the song. So you yes. guys were going to walk around my album. We are. You will. We will, yes. You will walk around. So each song has oh, its own beautiful. visual station. And some groupings of songs will have a visual station that they share because there's a lot of synergy you know, yes. in, the, in, in the space where I collected the song from. So that was important for me because it's a space that allowed me to synthesize this you know, visual side of the way that I navigate mm-hmm. the world and the sonics. Um, 
in fact, I left fine art because there was so much music coming through and the fine art space didn't know what to do with that. And now it's like everybody's really understanding this postmodern way of working that's fragmented and yes. really... And, and like, multimedia. And multimedia. Yeah. But then it was like, oh, you know, I was being asked at Rhodes, like, are you a painter? Are you a sculptor? Yes. Are you... Yes. You know, like, oh, you know, I'm kind of doing all of that and I'm seeing so many things, but I'm also hearing. So what do I do with the things they hear? And they were like, oh, we're not trained to deal with that. Yes. And so I left to be a musician because the songs were coming hard and fast. So this was a full circle moment to come and say, okay, um, synthesis is definitely the word. A lot of time of bringing together the things that I see and feel and putting them in one space and not apologizing for them for the first time in my life. Yes, beautiful. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see it because I don't know if you know, but my background is in fine arts. Yeah, I know you're painting. Yes. Your profile pictures, you're painting as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So for me, this is it. And I always say, you know, as a DJ, whatever, I'm just painting with people's songs, you know. Exactly. So I completely relate and I can't wait. You'll let us know more about it. In January, it's happening the end of January. January, we can uh, check out Msaki's. I don't know how you managed to go to Narox and start working on this. What's it? In the, almost the month that you're going to release your album. You truly are like take on a lot. Truly, truly, truly. The thing is that residency also doubled up to be where I finished the electronic album. So I did a sound lab there with okay. the whole EL World, te uh, World team, Sanal's team came and like you know stopped their lives for two weeks and ran a sound lab for me to conclude my electronic album taking in all the songs from the different djs producing ones that weren't complete um and that you know basically got me to the finish line without them i probably would have still been working on that electronic album amazing yeah. and in fact i've got a whole lot to ask you about the album but that's a perfect point at which we can play the first song on uh, the beating side of platinum heart which is a collaboration with sun al musician was this done as part of that or tell me about the song yeah, I actually finished it. This is the very last song that I recorded on the album. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, load shedding hit while I was trying to finish. Um, like a crazy South Africa. Wow. Lo load shedding, load shedding almost ruined me, guys. No, despite load shedding, <laughs> I always want to say despite. Yeah, despite load shedding, yes. yeah, we finished the album. But yeah, we. Um, this was the last song recorded. But I probably one of the first that I started writing. But I concluded at last. Yeah, so. Yes. And obviously, this relationship with Sun L has been going on for a while musically. Definitely. No. Um, so, even just to get to the point where I had the audacity to say that I'm going to make a whole house album, you know, I think in the back of my mind, I was like, it's possible, just looking at the body of work from the collaborations. And I, I really started like pressing into idea, in the idea when I was um, invited to come and do a set at Deep in the City. Um, a house set, you know, and in the end when I was like, well, what am I going to play? I don't have any house records out yes. like, that I've done. And they're like, no, just put together your collaborations. And then the next thing, like my, my electronic set is being booked a lot, you know. Yes. And so I, you're working with backing tracks and you perform. I was working with a DJ. So Kenza was DJing for me. Okay, from, great. From our world. Kenza was DJing and I was playing all the songs and I've got like, I don't know, maybe like 10 songs from the collaborations. Um, and so it's like Springtide from 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 Revolution, yes. the song with Black Coffee, Wish You Were Here, the, the song with Sanal, Prince KB, yes. Black Motion, two songs there. Yes. There were just so many songs and it had it started to feel like I can paint a world, you know, but how about I, how about I do my own, you know, and, and, and a lot of them became repeats and return collaborations. And Sanal was instrumental in saying, you know, he first nudged me, but I was like, you should do a house album. I almost laughed it off. 
And then again, I came back. I was like, he was like, you should do a house album. I was like, um, and he's like, you should do a house album. And I, I was like, okay, maybe I can. And I put it in, and yeah, 18, I'll come and I'll come and do it with you. Eighteen, 18 yeah. songs later, he's like, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But you know, it's interesting. Or maybe we should talk about this afterwards. Yeah, you play, told me it's a house album, but for me, yeah, it's got some house. But it's not a house album. Okay. It's an electro album. Exactly. That's what it is. Exactly. Yes. Msaki with me on the World Show. Coming out now, the track, one of the tracks you did with Sun L Musician on Platinum Heart Beating. It's called Kuja Utanipata. Did I say it right? Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, nine five nine, absolutely beautiful. Msaki, of course, she is with us, and that track is a collaboration on one of the sides of the album. This time, platinum heart beating. Msaki and Sun El musician Kuja Utanipata, uh, and uh, I got a message from Neo. Um, Neo Soul. He says, "Hello, Msaki. Wow, you've got some proper brain. Your answers are so motivating. I'm loving your craft." Yeah, beautiful. I better give you some fire. Then. Oh, yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you, Noah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, you are so loved, Msaki, because I think, you know, and I think part of it is that you really speak stories about... Um, about life you know I was listening to many of the songs some of which we'll manage tonight you can't understand how difficult it is to choose which songs to play I'm only going to manage about six and I want to play about 15 <laughs> but um, you know you really touch on different aspects of a, a person of human experience is the way I'd put it you know and I mean you speak about having two sides You've got your electro side. I'm not calling it house. Yeah. Your electro side. And then, in fact, on that note, I must say, I, I was very surprised by your album. I knew I'd love it, and that didn't change. But when you told me I'm doing a house side and I'm doing an acoustic side, I was really thinking there'd be like a distinct line between the. I thought the one side will be more like Zanaliza, and it'll be Msaki with guitar, and it'll be more in your world jazz mode mm -hmm. and the other would be like strictly more like your house tracks but this is something else it's it's i'd love to hear what you think it is because i, I yes. yeah i do i mean this is it's first class like feedback you know yes yeah i'm here with my notebook yes <laughs> no but but i completely get the two yeah. sides and in fact maybe you can speak a little bit about that why are that what are the what is the difference beating and open beatings the one side yeah. opens the other yes so beating for me it started out oh man it started out as like um I think a search for lightness, you know, because it, 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 you think that because the songs are upbeat, you can, but uh, I still sometimes attach like things that sink right to the bottom of the ocean to those songs. Yes. Like No Rainbow is not a light song, but people are loving it. They're listening to it. And like, I don't even think people are hearing it. Actually, I'm, I'm crying. My heart is crying out for how we're treating the world and each other yes. in that, in that song. But again, um, I could see why people relate because you, again, you're speaking on behalf. You touch on things that, that touch on the human in each of us. I guess it's the attempt for that. So, you know, I, each album kind of holds a different space for how I can make those searches. Yes. I mean, with, with, with the open side, it's quite blatant. Like some songs are just 
you know, acidic prote- protest yes. songs where I'm, you know, trying to process something quite heavy that I can't really grapple with, you know, and, the, and it's endless questions and leaving with no answers, frustrated like everyone. Like we have the same questions like, am I next? Will we find justice? It's all things that we all really want as human beings. We all want to be loved. We want to understand, you know, that if something is wrong, it can be fixed. We want atonement, you know, and we also want a sense of value. Like we want to understand, like, what is the value of a human life? Exactly. And if it's if they're getting wasted in front of us and there's no consequence, something changes in our psyche as a human being. So there's a part of me that's trying to compute, like, how do I make sense of that as a person, as a citizen, as a daughter, as a mother? How do I make sense of being a woman in this country? How do I make sense of being black in this country? Some things we laughed off, like Penny Sparrow. It was a joke. Yes. I was processing some of those things and then the back kind of like they're in the... They're like in the back RAM search of my mind, you know, yes. and it's an emotional RAM. And like sometimes you run out of space and, you, and your, your hard drive crashes. Absolutely. And, and for me, the, the outpour of my hard drive crashing emotionally when I can't process something is sometimes a song. So yes. this is the thing is that people are not, they're not getting to collide with, with a smooth, wise answer on the other side of some kind of, you know, breakdown. It's still yes. like as messy as it was. You know. Well, you know, you speak about this and you speak about like not uh, the questions, not always having the answers. Yeah. But for me, that's just as important because we're all seeking those answers. And even what you're talking about, you know, this crashing or whatever. I think there's a lot of people who relate uh, considering what we've been through in this pandemic period. Yeah. You know, people have been forced to relook themselves, relook them, their lives. And, and it's not so much about whether we can provide answers. That would be the ideal. But it's the fact of knowing that somebody else connects with you. And I think that's why some of those songs, even though, you, you, you know, they can be quite bleak as you say yeah yeah i'm also quite like melancholy by nature yes yes so i think that's what the, the beating side represented for me it was just like there's a real um intentional search for protest this side yes but this side is more subtle it's a subtle protest to say like you know joy is important and yes. and we somehow transcend these really heavy things we just still find a way to i mean dancing is a revolution Yes. And you, 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 on, you honestly, uh, you're declaring that like as heavy as you may feel, you're still going to get up and move and you're still going to, it is, it's a, it's a big FU sign to everything yes. you're going through, you know? Yes. So I feel like it's such an important part of, of black culture. I feel like it's black joy is, is protest. I feel like we, we as Africans understand how important and integral dance is to our psyche. And as a, an electronic musician, there's a lot of, you know, just that like constant thumping going and the beat and the BPM staying constant does something to my spirit as well it's a kind of trance actually you know definitely yes you know also what struck me about this and about these two sides where you've got as you say struggle songs but also songs about love Love and about being a woman and about (coughs) just life really yeah and it it reminded me of I'll never forget it was in the the early 90s it was probably just before democracy but LB Sachs wrote a paper and I mean I I grew up I grew up in this this uh, in the apartheid in the struggle where, and where, where, where the arts in South Africa played such a huge role. And, but it was so much protest, whether it was in theater, whether it was in the visual arts, whether it was in music, there was so much protest work. And I remember this paper Albie wrote at that time and it, 
it stayed with me. I think I've even got a copy of it somewhere at home. But he spoke about, you know, as we were approaching democracy, he says, as much as the arts of this country during apartheid have been about struggles, people still love, people still cry, people still, you know, for lose people, people, people still see flowers. And it isn't that just as important a part of, of, of what it means to make protest art. Yeah, so enter, do, do, we, do, you, do we have time to go into another? Of course. Video? So enter Naomi Younger yes. into my life. I, before I met him in person, had been following his research on protest music. And it's an interesting, like he did this one lecture where one of the songs he, he placed was just a, a love song that was written by someone who was in exile. Yes, and for me, man, that that spoke so deeply about how like sometimes to just declare that you love and you're just as human as the person that's oppressing you to say that you love, even though the police are shaking you down at three a.m. and you know stripping your marriage room and yes. you know embarrassing you in front of your wife or there's something about still being able to love in those dehumanizing situations that is a bigger protest and 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 Che Guevara speaks that's the, the revolution uh, it speaks about how protest is love you know yes. and i think it's interchangeable this is what like so you know really connecting with Neo on this topic and then you know i came to him afterwards i was like when i when i heard born in a taxi after not hearing it for for very long i was like hey i know we're making a protest album but i I think I'm going to record a love song. And he's like, oh, which one? And I was like, uh, yours. <laughs> you know? and, and, and he was, and he was, he got it. He didn't, I didn't have to explain further mm. that this was now opening up to another realm, you know, where I was allowing the love songs in almost as a more potent part of protest to say that actually, despite all of the things that are making my heart numb, I resist and I will love and I will hope for my daughters yes. and I will hope for... And you will this, still pick a flower land. with your daughter and you will exactly. still... Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Msaki. But before we move to that side, mm -hmm. to the side open, because I want to like do them two sides. Yeah. You did something with Black Coffee. In this particular track, again, it's about love, Utando and Wam. And when you came in, I said, thank you, Msaki. <laughs> <laughs> you brought Black Coffee back home. Right. I love this track. You've moved away from his Afro techno because <laughs> it does lose me a bit there. So thank you so much for this. Tell me what it was like working on the song or anything else you've got to say about this track. Man, the, the, that's a primal musician. He understands rhythm and bass to the nth degree. Um, he's just got such great instincts and yeah, if I had to collect, like if I had to even compare this collaboration to, to some of the other producers that I worked with, I would just say like the openness to sending the songs back and forth is very deep. He's yes. really searching for something. Yeah. Okay, so he really gets into it. I can see him, Saki Shame. She's got a little bit of flu. She's working too hard. But thanks and blessings for having her here. Check out this track, Utando Luam, of Platinum Heart Beating. <laughs> Oh, 
Kaya 959. I'm with Nsaki on the World Show and I decided to play a double play there. How beautiful is that? Simi's vocal next to yours. I love that, you know. So, so beautiful, Msaiki. And also, you know, I love the sweetness of Simi with you. And then you've got Lolly Boy on another song. <laughs> and there's the gruffness of Lolly Boy. And just these vocal textures. I mean, how did you find it was working with different vocalists? Firstly, can we start with Simi? Simi is a studio assassin. That's what I'm starting to call her. She's probably like one of the most focused musicians I've ever come across. And she just doesn't miss in studio. So so starting with um, her just like, firstly, coming up with ideas in studio very fast. You know, and I mean that's not something to say like, oh my gosh, you're so fast in studio. Like it's a light thing. You know, it's difficult to to create in front of people. It's difficult to create when you're on your own. But yes. but like for me, she understands her voice really well. Yes, and it was just such a pleasure to work with her. She's she's got great melodies. She's got good energy in studio, and like also just it's not easy to just get things right on the first or second take. But she yes. just like the ear she gets is just, it. yeah. She's got a very powerful ear. So. Well, everybody yeah. on the World Show knows how much I love Sumi, so I'm so excited. No, she's great. But, I mean, looking at the, the whole lot of collaborations on this album, really it's like Msaki and her friends. <laughs> I mean, are these people that you already knew you were going to collaborate, or how did it work to specific songs, like tell you, I want this person? Yeah, I mean, with, with that one... We we built it from scratch with kind of with kind of like Simi in mind actually. Yes. So Kenza is actually on the um, on the production. Yeah, I think it's Kenza. And when I heard it, I was like, hey, this is giving me Simi vibes. And then we had the Sound Lab week, so we just invited her one of the days. She was super busy. She had a flight the next day at yes. four a.m. But she came to spend the day. We had dinner. Um, I also had a friend in the studio who was just sort of like around as a an interesting musical yeah you know I, I don't know if you know, I know Anati yes. but he's like one of my favorite musicians and creatives and he um, I think he'd just been liking the space like he'd been coming to Nyrox because it's really peaceful and sometimes he'd stay around for recordings and he's actually on the, the vocals he's in the background yes. over there if you listen really carefully he's there like doing some really cool stuff yes. so yeah, we're lucky to have a lot of um, amazing people around. Yes. Yeah. Let's play one last track off the side because then I want to go to the other side. And uh, this one is a house track. You can have it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, as much uh, as uh, Black Motion does house because they're also very tribal. But this one features um, Saki featuring Black Motion, Boy from Soshanguve. Tell us about this one. Oh, man, this is one of my favorite songs. Also, just like, it makes me laugh because people can be so dense. I know people can be really intelligent, but they're like, who is this boy from Soshangove? And I'm like, oh, because every time I write a song, you know, it has to point to an actual time, place, geography. It's hilarious, you know, and I love I love the fact that like... Everybody's saying, no, no, what's happening in Soshangove? Hey, what's happening in Soshangove? Sometimes I just like, re- I, what I do is that I just tag Zinkle and I'm like, well, she, I mean, ask her what's happening in Soshangove. She knows what's up. There's something in the water. But um, it's so funny because I'm like... One of the things you need to be able to have as an as a songwriter is empathy, so that you can imagine people's circumstances. So that yes. like I'm not not every heartbreak that I've written about is mine. Yes, know? yes. Even though I am a, a person who really does traverse through stuff with song. Yes. You know, I still have the ability to imagine. Yes, you know, and and to that's to, my 
and to tap into people's pain exactly. as well yes. and people's questions as yes. well and it adds to layers of sometimes there's a mix of things where it's like maybe verse one is about me but verse two is about my yes. friend who told me this last week or what's going on and whatever yes. or something but you remember from a decade ago exactly yes. or a story that my mom told me yes, yes. but the, what I love about um, Boy from Soshanguve was that it was so typically black motion um, Murder sent this song to me Bongani and I was like hey man why don't I celebrate them and what they've done for our understanding of electronic music because I cite them as one of the best samplers or or, or even like they bring the idea of bossa nova forward yes, for me as yes. people that love house they love rhythms that take us to our, our Latin family, yes. you know, and, and they connect us to the diaspora yes. musically all the time. But even to the rest of Africa as to well. To the rest of Africa as well. They yeah. really are a connection point and like a, a, a place to dissolve. They're a portal for me. Yes. And I thought like, why not um, pay homage to them and, and how they've brought my love with like sort of electro bossa nova rhythms. Um, to to life by writing a song like "Girl from Ipanema." Yes. So yeah. I wrote "Boy from Social." I love that. You know, because yes. Antonio Carlos Jobim is one of my favorite composers of all time. Yes. You know, and like tall and tan, no, and loving the girl from Ipanema goes a walking and when you know, it's like one of the first jazz standards you learn if, you, yes. if you're interested. You know, to find out, you'll find it on YouTube. But like the fact that it was so cool to just to connect those two things: my love for bossa, my love for Black Motion, what they've done for this country and sound, yes, and what they're doing for the rest of the continent in terms of how we understand sound and rhythm. Thank you so much. Msaki with us off uh, the side, Platinum Heart Bleeding. She's together with Black Motion, Boy from Soshanguve. There she is uh, doing it with black emotion. Uh, yes, the boy from Sushanguve. I completely get it now, I'm psyche. I completely get, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> Platinum Heart, a beating. It's one of the sides of her brand new, incredible, incredible, and diverse. This album definitely defies categorization. You know, as I was saying, that black coffee one's not house, it's lounge. And then yeah. you've got like all these other elements coming in. I want to move to the other side, though, the uh, what you call the acoustic side, which isn't it's really exactly acoustic. all acoustic. Yes, yes. You know. and that's why I say I was really surprised because yeah. I was expecting Msaki with a guitar, jazz world, and like house, and I got a total fruit salad of all different things on each of the sides. Beautiful. And showing that multifacetedness, showing not only your musical multifacetedness, but also the consciousness. Now, you spoke about that side beating, having been done a lot at Nairox. The songs on on Open, the, the, the other side, were these stories that you've collected along the way? I mean, how did this album come about? So this was, I guess, the initial Platinum Heart, you know, yes. and I didn't even know that I was making an album, but I started with Blood, Guns and Revolutions. And it, that was a response. It's a very old song, you know, yes. that was a response, as you know, to just the violence on the Platinum Belts and trying to grapple with what happened at Maricana. And because I think you, I read you wrote this in 20, when, when man, I don't even remember. It yes. was, I think I started writing it and then I met now. When was my daughter born? She's six. I can't think now. Yes. 
but yeah, so I'm. She was born in twenty. 20 so it was twenty sixteen. Yes, yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah. So I met Noah around the time, um, around that time, and um, he heard the song. He's like, "Man, can I, can I just like collaborate and bring the song to life?" Because he heard a guitar and vocal version of it when I was playing with a an ensemble that had Sophie Ripstein on harp. It had. Whoa, Ilka on flute. She moved to America to be a teacher and do her masters. It had uh, Tepo Pue on on cello, on cello Beautiful, who, who was yes. married to Sophie. They moved to Berlin, and I mean, I'm just like going to do around and visit all of them um, next next year in the summer. Um, and it had Temagosima Vimbel on double bass. Beautiful ensemble, very open, but searching in these ways of speaking, like this language of the semi-chamber orchestral sound, yes. which I really want to go back to soon. Yes, actually. and I see you've touched on it on a few tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yes. So, so now that's his language. He speaks, he writes like, you know, he writes violin, flute, duets. Yes. Just that. Yes. With harp somewhere. So he was like, hey, if you, if you want me to, I can see you trying to wrap your hand, head around arranging. And you're doing great. If you did, you like did you study music? I'm like, no, I didn't. It's like, well, uh, so you're just trying to organize these sounds. It's like, okay, he gets that because he has a, a lot of that going on as well. And it's like, well, I'm doing a wiser scholarship, um, wiser fellowship here at Wits. You can come have coffee. I can I can talk, talk to you about some of your arrangements. Yes. Um, and then in that meeting, he was like, but there's this song that you know, Blood Guns and Evolutions. Like, what's that about? And then he asked if he could assist me finish it. Yes. And because you could hear you could hear that I was presenting it still quite open, you know, while I was still searching. And I did a lot of that for this album for all of Platinum Heart. Yes. Um, open, and many open rehearsals. Yes. So many open rehearsals that actually informed a lot of the compositions. Some songs I, I played them in front of people and realized I need to play the song. I need to perform and record the song like, I don't know, so, so much slower. Or I need to speed the song up so that it has the emotional urgency yes. that it's communicating. And so that was a process that took four, four, four five years. And in that process, but now is learning my, my compositional style. He's learning, we're learning about each other. He's sending me books. We're writing emails about some of the things that are happening as they're happening, you know, and some of the things that broke my heart about the country as they were happening to us. He was kind of the first person that I was like, can you believe this? Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, yes. My language, you know. Yes, as and part of that process a, of getting yeah, it out, what you were yeah. saying, yeah. And so th it's a conversation that spans all of this time. And like, you know, he I did a lot of producing, but he did very little producing. He was just affirming my compositional and yes. production voice. And I feel like I've walked away from that collaboration, a much stronger producer. Yes. You know, so that process took a long time and it wasn't just a musical one. It was a an emotional one. It was a spiritual one. Yes. And so once I felt like those songs were ready, they we recorded them quite fast. Yes. It was just a snapshot in time, but we had been playing them, changing them. Yes. I'd been working through them. Um, and so when we recorded them, uh, it was like two years ago, I started recording Platinum Heart Open. I did the first um, recording of the six songs, Sound and Motion Studios in Cape Town, big room. I was just like, I want the mess, I want the bleed, let's, let's treat it like Abbey Road. We play together and we choose the best take. Yes. And so there's a lot of that going on in that yeah. album and then finishing it in Johannesburg and then lockdown happens and I start finishing songs alone. You know, yeah. where I start recordings alone, like Umsindo. Yes. Started alone, 
you know and now it's like now you have to stand as a producer I have to open logic myself I have to log yes. it I have to put in the baseline idea I have to back myself yes. so that it's been a process of, of doing that and that's why it took so long Okay, amazing, because that was going to be my next question. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for answering that. In fact, I want to play Omsindo, but I think for now, let's go to Blood Guns and Revolutions. This is such a powerful, powerful song. I know it's been played, but I've got to play it again tonight. And I'm going to double play it with one of the interludes, because there's some really special interludes on this album. And uh, I'm going to double, and then we'll talk about that interlude when I come back uh, on the other side of this. This this, of course, is Msaki with us on The World Show. play that interlude absolutely beautiful it's him a one-to-one featuring Bolalwa Siliziwe Lusaseni oh man <laughs> that's my fighter that Yo. that's your mom that's my mom oh so beautiful such a beautiful person wow yes I oh, please Nikki after no, no 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 carry on carry on no no I'm just um, and um, why did you include her and why that particular him Hey, we had so many interludes and I was like, hey, even Doubt Choose Mom. They were just, I've had these three interludes called Umoya songs. One yes. has, yeah, actually, let me, let me talk about this one. So my mom lost a lot of friends, like a lot of our parents, like everyone actually, during, um, you know, this whole, like, transition into COVID becoming normal-ish. Yes. I don't know if it's ever going to become normal, but remember the time when, like, their generation just was just sort of, like, dwindling, you know? And... The painful thing was for them was just to learn how to mourn differently. And she had lost so many friends in a short space of time that they were doing these drive-by kind of memorial services. Yeah. My heart was just breaking for her, but I was obviously home. With, I was home with my kids um, back home in Eastern Cape for the first uncertain period of whatever we thought lockdown was because that was such a scary idea. Yes. Those first 21 days, I think everybody ran home if you, had, if you could. You yes. know, and I felt lucky that I could go home. And it was that time where I just got more, you know, obviously like the spin-off of it all was just like having more time with people that you loved and being able to converse with her and catch up and get out of the busy mode. But um, she just shared with me that she was just in pain, that like she had lost so many friends and this is the hymn that she sang to herself and, 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 and when she was going to strengthen other people, she's a, um, she holds prayer meetings, she's one of those people. Like, And I mean, firstly my mom, I see this thing of trying to be a musician, etc. But like the way my mom makes sense to her community by showing up and just doing stuff that's kind, yes. like with her actions, that's possibly the thing that I want to be able to emulate most in my life. And there isn't a word for it in English, but it's closer. It's ububele that encompasses conscientiousness, kindness, thoughtfulness. It's almost service. It's a. It's got it's a service. Act of service. So yes. And it's and and actually the root word of it is the bosom, and the warmth. Oh, so it's a nurturing. It's all of those words. Yes. This is why, like you know, English just falls short when you have to. Tell me the it. word again, please. Ubu bele. Ubu bele. Mama, no. No bele. And if I can just 
if she can just give me that, you know, yes. if I can have half of what 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 she's taught me about that, like in a, in a practical everyday sense, I think I'll, I'll be happy with my life. I'll be like, okay, you you've you've done well with your time here. Yeah. Um, so having her on the record for me is just insane, and also just her vulnerability and allowing me in that moment when she as a you know, my mother was just saying, like, my heart's a bit sore about this. Yes. And this is what I sing to myself to make it a little bit better. And you followed, you followed Blood Guns and Revolutions with that. Yeah. Which for me, you've just explained. Yeah. There we go. You yeah. know, this is what we, we, we almost have to do is turn to prayer, whatever it means to you, whether it's meditation, yeah. um, but uh, to to into our to our spiritual support, our yeah. spiritual guidance, family nurturing, you know, beautiful. That's and it. I love the child and the mother on that particular home. You know, you speak about these interludes, and for me, there's also that element on a couple of them that remind me of some of these nursery rhymes that we used to grow up with, and the darkness of those nursery rhymes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit, because I'm going to play another one, uh, another uh, um, interlude to lead into the next song, but tell me why you drew on those kind of universal um Nursery rhymes, I don't know what you'd call them. Yeah, no, definitely yes. intentional to... I mean, I'm also dealing with, like, my own personal protest story where I am, you know, trying to move past, you know, the erasure of, of post-colonial education and the fact that I have these as codes with which to make sense of my childhood. You know, how much is that doggy in the window? Yes. But sing a song of sixpence, a pocket full of rye, whatever. You know, yes. I'm, I reference all of those songs. London Bridge is falling, but then I just like distort them. Yes. London Mine is falling down, sing a song of six billion, a docket full of lies. It's all just to say like, we have, you know, this heritage that was forced upon us because of what neocolonialism looks like and how it rears its ugly head in every sphere of life. Yes. And, and I'm aware that it comes with an erasure of my own understanding of my personhood and my culture and my tongue as a person who's an artist who's dealing with world, the world through language. I recognize that I'm, a, I'm as Ataya Kim would say, a cultural leper to my own people. When I go home to the trans sky, I'm ill-equipped to speak to the village men and women because my language is incomplete because of what I'm supposed to have gained yes. as an educated person, you know. And it's kind of just a, a wink, even just including these string instruments, the this, this string quartet as an emotional signifier every time I have to say something about what my heart is doing into the strings. Yes. It's an inquiry I'm making about what we've inherited, but it's also a way to denounce its power and say, I'm searching, you know. I'll put Imbira into that, that, that interlude. I'll have my conversations with Umakulumat Dosini. I'll under, try and understand what Damkulumadala is trying to unlock with his music and I'll, I'll search into my grandfather's songs and look for my own personhood as a person rooted in, in, in African soil who understands ancient things, who's looking for future sounds, you know. And so it's like I'm not phased by what was given, but I am looking for what was taken away. Yes. Yeah. And for how one digests and then presents these things in the next step. Definitely. And obviously some of the, 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 the nursery rhymes are coming back as political questions. But we also are saying this is not an ahistorical story. We don't start by, you know, asking Cyril questions about Marikana. We're saying what's happening in London, you know, why is it, why are we in a system where Londonmen can exist? Why do we have, yes. you know, why do we have this unhealthy relationship where we're being things are being dug up here and being sent to the London Stock Exchange. 
exactly. question that we're still going to, that's the biggest virus we've been able to coexist with. Capitalism, neocolonialism, and erasure of our own culture as a daily way of navigating success, access, progress. Yes. What a hoax. Or measuring it. An if absolute you like. hoax. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. I don't even think I want to respond to that. It's so beautifully said. So I'm going to play the next one, opening with 6,111,000 is (laughs) the interlude. And then this one you've heard on the World Show, and I said to him, Psyche, I've got to play the song because it's so powerful. And I don't think there's many shows that would play it. Imsaki with me on the World Show. I'm Nikki B. Guys, one inside by the by, he says their question why. He can be the black guy to make all black guys fly. Sky high. Kaya, nine. Five, nine. I've got to give you a clap. Oh, man. Wow. Brother moves on together yeah. with Imsaki. Absolutely incredible. I had to play that song again. It needs to be heard. It Thank needs you. to be heard. And mm-hmm. I had to open it with six billion thousand hundred and eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I die every time you say yes. that. <laughs> but, oh, you man. know, we, we're running out of time. But just to touch on, we were speaking about language. And we were speaking about, you know, I'd said to you, looking at the, the MACG and Job Job thing and how what had really struck me was the use of this word smash. And I think what, you know, and everybody, and then I see on Twitter a young woman saying, what's the problem, you know, using the word smash, everybody uses it. And I'm like, do you understand the connotations, you know, of, 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 this, of language? Yeah. Yeah, yes. language gives way to a way of being, and I think we're just desensitized. And it's not, you know, my my my, my brother, he's two years younger than me, and he is, you know, one of the most well-meaning, amazing people I've ever met. But he's like, I went to a boys' school, and then I played rugby, and then I went to a rugby academy, and these words are just like saying water yes. and butterfly. Yes. And so there needs to be a process of unlearning that needs to happen because this is the thing is that it doesn't start with a slap or a kick it starts with being able to demean someone in that way yes. and, and 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 refer to something that's meant to be intimate and 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 gentle as smashing it sounds so violent already. Yes. It sounds like violence already well that's the thing for you me it, 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 it reeks of of control domination uh, but it's language isn't it? yes. people are, don't connect they, they don't connect those two things yes. even if they're happening subconsciously but yeah i mean that's the thing it's like these uh, the boy child i this is that's the that's the person that's the group that society how are we going to re how do we engineer move forward? The, yes. the boy child the language the the yes. way of seeing and and being around around women yeah, and uh, themselves yeah, yes. around each other because a lot of this is like a closet it's like locker room chat absolutely you know? yeah and i bring it up and i brought it up especially because of the way you work with language and that's why that responsibility in a sense when you start to understand the power of words the power of language yeah my favorite um song on, on this album is the opening song to Platinum Heart Open. We're gonna, we're gonna end with a song. My favorite col- col- collision of language and Aquarian language is when uh, uh, the word umsindo uh, for istrosa, umsindo means anger, and yes. then umsindo for isizulu means the noise. And you know, it's the first line is umsindo, um, and uh, you know, you can imagine who I'm addressing, and it's not necessarily saying that I'm singing to the man, I'm singing to the space, um, I'm singing to society, but it's like 
if you have this undealt, unmet, un, even unacknowledged anger that's been passed on, you know, you, you, your dad models an anger, that uh, a crossing of the teeth, a crossing of the legs, and, mm. and non-dealing with emotion. I mean, I grew up having to speak to my dad to my mom, and I mm. searched for a relationship to speak to him directly, but it was normal for me to not address him yes. and to speak to him, like, on the other side of his newspaper when he was still being a dad yes. and, a, and, a, and a, you know, a patriarchal figure, and he was doing what he had been taught, Yes, you know? And that's yes. just about access and closeness, so it's like, if there's no access for conversation, how is there going to be access for, for, for men in society to deal with hurt? How are they going to deal with questions that they don't have? So it's just like, I have to step out of my body as a hurt and scared woman sometimes. And that song was to say, you know, and, and, and it's interesting because I'm singing. I'm like, Tula Sugukala. And the first instinct is to go in and to Ututuzela, the victim. And I do. I do. I'm singing over the victim yes. of that violence in that home, you know. But I'm also singing to the to the that wounded perpetrator who doesn't know what to do with the yes. anger. It and comes the noise, out of the, the, the noise that's inside, the noise, what do you mm. do with it? And um, I have a beautiful conversation going with um, a good friend of mine, Unyani Sotzeze. He's an actor. He's on he's the he's someone in 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 Lion King. Uh, that the, the what is it called? Black is king. Black is king. Yes. He's Simba, but he is an incredible actor. He's acting a lot of things. He's also another character. And one night, Gomkolis. He's just like got an, a really vast, beautiful um, body of work. But what I la- love about Unyaniso is that he's leading men's circles where they're asking questions. Last year during lockdown, he spoke to a woman every single day throughout um, August just trying to understand ways of seeking gentleness for himself and the men that he was trying to make space for and seeing what comes up in the space as well in those conversations, trying to learn from women. It brings me to something else in Duduzo Makatini's song, Senze Nina. Yes. Flipping that whole victim like that, you know, because we sing that song as victims of apartheid. Yes. Like, what did we do, white people? Why do you hate us? When, you know, yes. the real sickness is to actually have a racially charged way of seeing yourself as superior. Yes. Like, how ridiculous. You're sick. So, like... How do you ask a sick person, like, what did we do to deserve your sickness? You know? <laughs> so then he flips it and he says, he uses, and then it started coming, oh my God, I got so mad. This song started coming up again during this whole like war with GBV. And female singers were coming together singing this song, Senzenina, singing to me. I was just like, you yeah. are singing to another sickness? Are, you, are, yes. you, are we really doing that? Duduzo goes and flips that song and he, and he calls it Senzenina, make us mother. Yes. Appealing to the mother to remake the man. Appealing yes. to the mother to reteach the man. Appealing to the feminine in, in men to come out more. Yes. Appealing to the gent- gentle nurturing, not the killing and stomping that you make, that you sometimes have as a reaction to the world stomping you. Yes. And we can't be ahistorical about the fact that the black man is the most stomped creature. You know, obviously, the, the, yes, and, and as a result, the black woman is the. Stomped most stomped on. creature yes, like, but yes. to the end like to what exponentially now because the protector of our society has been ridiculed in front of us has been stripped of their wealth yes. their ways of providing for their family has been sent to prison is being smashed against the pavement yes. is as a system is being sent to Guantanamo Bay yes. as a, we have so much history to unpack and it's difficult to not have sympathy for the black man but it's still we're still going to say, why are you killing us? Yes. You know, at the end of the day, to kind of reach for their humanity. And we're still going to sing lullabies over them to say, Tula Sugukala. 
you know, call her if you need to, because something needs, the, the anger needs to go somewhere, the noise needs to go somewhere, and the softness needs to be provided for yes. that to happen. Absolutely, and the recognition of the illness, the spiritual it's an illness. illness. Yes, yeah. Msaki, we've run out of time, but I've got to play this last song. Yeah. I'm so sad you've got to go and <laughs> carry on for ages. Thank you for coming. We're going to end this feature with Msindo featuring Ali Keys of Msaki's Platinum Heart Open. Such beautiful messages I see on social media, and I thank you for those. Whatever else you do, make sure that you keep shining, keep it kaya. Thank you, Msaki. Thank you, Sisniki. The World Show with Nikki B on Kaya 959.